You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, welcome back to The Devoted Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. It is summer, right? I mean, at least the weather's warmer. And I think, you know, for some of us, usually summer is a, it's kind of a time to slow down and maybe take some breaks or vacations. For some of us, though, I, I think the lockdown life has sort of blurred the seasons a bit. I, I know I feel that a little bit. It just kind of seems like we've gone in from one season to the next without like the normal hard stops, I think, that we normally see. We we don't have those stop markers, maybe, that typically regulate our calendars. For me, there's always such a shift between when my kid's last day of school is and that kind of stuff. Things that like are natural, like this is the end and today is much different than yesterday. Well, that hasn't really happened in this particular season. And for me, it's been a bit tricky with how heavy our world feels right now, the news, all of those things, just there's just a heaviness to it, you know. And the Lord has really been impressing upon me to do a little bit of a check-in on how am I doing with rest, taking a step back, a break, Sabbath. I'm not sure why this idea for most of us to take a Sabbath. I mean, if if you have been a believer or really if you have not even grown up within the church, it's not a foreign, strange concept that there is a day of rest in our calendars. I mean, there's something that most people recognize that you're there's supposed to be a, a day off. But for some reason, why is this so hard? I mean, it's just something that I think this idea of taking a Sabbath or taking a day of rest, it's just kind of a, a something that easily gets demoted on our list of priorities pretty quickly. And isn't that funny? I mean, we struggle with rest, and yet we feel exhausted often. And I think that's funny. I mean, there's so many times that you'll just, you know, whether it's at the end of the week or maybe the end of a day, and you just feel spent. And yet... If we were to try to plan out our weeks and go, hey, there should be a day that we just have a day of rest, we kind of push back against that. I, I was reading uh, one of those, you know, funny Pinterest little quotes, and it, it, went, it was one that said, I wish I were a little kid so I could just take long naps and everyone would be so proud of me. And that just made me laugh because, you know, we often joke about how much we would just long to go back to our kindergarten days when it was like encouraged that we, we could get to take a nap that day. Well, not many of us are taking naps these days, and that's kind of a a tragic in and of itself. I love naps. That doesn't happen very often anymore, but I sure do love the idea of taking a break sometimes. But I just felt lately that, especially with just how heavy everything has been, that this is just something that I need to do a little check-in even with myself. And so I thought this would be a good idea for us to look at the idea of Sabbath. And it's not just a concept, but it's a biblical ordinance that is not intended to be a suggestion And I think there's lots of reasons for that. So I want to look at Sabbath and and maybe have all of us check in with how we are doing on this. So what is Sabbath? You know, it sounds like a real fancy Bible term, you know, but really it's just it's to rest from labor or whatever your work is. The first time that we see Sabbath goes all the way back to creation. And its first mention is there in Genesis 2. And in Genesis 2, it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished 
and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Couple observations here. Anyone else pretty sure that God was not tuckered out on the seventh day and just needed a rest? Yeah, probably not. You know, so why does he do this? Why does he set this example here that on the seventh day, after you've worked for six days on the seventh day, you would rest? There's a couple things I love about this, but one of the things that I that just strikes me off the bat is that I kind of love these snapshots into the character of God all the way back to the beginning of creation, where he shows enough care and kindness to us to model the behavior that he knew that we would need. You know, he made us. He kind of gets us. Even when we think we know ourselves so well, guaranteed, the person, the God who made us knows us far better than we know ourselves. And he knows how we're wired. And so he knew that we were going to need this. And I, you know, I know that, you know, we know God is all powerful. So it isn't that he was tired, but he takes the care to show us this model that he knew what was best for us. And so he's setting this, this ordinance for us all the way back in, in creation. And I think it just shows something about the kindness of the Lord. And I also think that we need to look at maybe those first six days. What, what is it saying? How are we setting this apart? And the first six days, God was creating. Days one through six, he was creating. And so when you think of the word create, I, you know, I looked up some synonyms for that. And, you know, it says design or generate or produce. The ways all of us create probably look a little bit different kind of in the in the point of or, you know, in the season of life you're in. But the point is, is that there is an active kind of a, a getting things done posture. You know, for me and the way I'm wired and the way I think of work and, and the is, is kind of list oriented. I'm, I'm just a list person. I'm somebody that for real, if I've already done the thing, I will actually write it on the list just so I can check it off. But that's that's what that create that work piece is like it's it's completing something. But there's there's a work part to it. And so that's what he was saying. You know, that that's what days one through six looked like. So he's saying this day seven, the Sabbath day should look different than those days one through six. And that's obviously I think where sometimes we have a hard time not blurring those lines, too, but keeping that day separate. So. When do we see the idea of Sabbath next in the Bible? And this one's, it's another obvious one. You see it in creation. The next really big one there is going to be in the Ten Commandments, the Big Ten. And Exodus 28 is where we see that. And I'm going to read the whole couple verses that come with that, because I think there's some cool observations here in this. And starting in Exodus 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or your sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now just reading that, 
there's a couple things that are interesting to me for a few reasons. And but one of them is is simplistically just the length and detail of that commandment. And I guess as as I was reading this, I thought, you know, the other commandments other than the one about not creating any graven image, which the Lord also goes into some explanatory detail, the rest of the commandments are they're pretty brief and to the point. You know, you got you shall not murder. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. But they're, they're pretty short, concise, and to the point. But this one about the Sabbath day, he kind of goes into more some, in some detail. And he actually even references back to creation. Kind of like this little reminder of, hey, guys, this one's not new to you. This is one that's been around since literally the beginning of time to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So I, I find that interesting just that there is... In this somewhat, the Ten Commandments, you could think of it as as a fairly brief list, but this one and the graven image one, which the one that is kind of focusing on idolatry, are a little bit more lengthy. And I, and I don't want to interject more into this than is appropriate, but at the same time, I think it's good to pause and, and take note of why the Lord gives more detail on this commandment. And it's interesting to me, like I said, that the other one is the one about idolatry, because I sometimes wonder if these two commandments don't go hand in hand just a little bit. If we aren't taking Sabbath, if we're not taking this day of rest, what is it that we have placed at a, at a higher importance in our life? That's probably, you know, that's probably a deeper conversation, but it's something to ask ourselves. Like if we're not willing to take that day, to take that break, what is it? What is it that's so important that must be done on that particular day, the day that you're setting aside? What is that? You know, sometimes I think if you are in a position where you work out of the home, you can think that, oh, if I just get a little more of this done on this day, then I won't be so hot behind in the next week. I think there is something that is telling us that's not going to work out so well. You know, I think when there's a clear commandment here, when there's a clear ordinance all the way back from creation that's telling us to do something different, probably we're not going to get ahead too much by trying to just push that just a little bit and just try to get ahead on that day. Why does the Lord give us a little meat, an explanation to this commandment here? You know, could it be because he knew we were just going to struggle with it? Again, like we talked about in the beginning, we all can feel so tired and then yet the idea of taking a day and just setting aside as Sabbath, we just quickly go, oh, we don't have time for that. Benjamin Franklin is said, he quoted, he was quoted once as saying, he that can take rest is greater than he that can take cities. I think that's interesting. It's something that for, uh, you know, hundreds, probably thousands of years, probably all the way back to the time that the Lord is giving the Ten Commandments, he was already seeing that they were struggling to take the Sabbath day. And I, it's just a funny thing built within us that it seems that we really struggle to take rest. It's just hard for us for some reason. But Scripture's pretty clear that not only was the Sabbath a commandment, but it was actually, you know, this practice that predates the law back to creation. And I think that's important because sometimes I think people can look at the idea of Sabbath and go, oh, well, that's just an Old Testament. That's a law thing. We don't really have to do that. And and we'll talk about a little bit later, like what some of the New Testament implications and what Jesus has to say about Sabbath, because that is important also. But notice, though, that this idea of Sabbath, it actually predates the law. Like it from the point of creation he was saying that we needed to take a day of rest. 
something else I find interesting in noting is that, yes, God knows what's best for us and that we need this. But second, this was a really big deal to the Lord. I don't know if we if we pay attention to this as much, but back in the Old Testament, the actual time that was determined that the Jewish people would be sent into exile, which was the 70 years, it was not some just ambiguous number that just, oh, this is just how it happened to work out. This is when they were carried off into exile, and then this is when they made the return, and it just so happened to be 70 years. No, that's not the case. And in fact, you you see in, it's in 2 Chronicles 36, 21, it says that to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths all the days of its desolation, it kept Sabbath until 70 years was complete. Okay, all that's saying is that what the people were doing is they were not observing their Sabbath. So how the Old Testament, uh, how it worked, you would work six days, you, then you take your day of Sabbath. But then he also had instituted, and I, I believe this is in Leviticus, that it talks about that the land itself, the land that they were farming, that the land was to have a Sabbath year. It's for two reasons, right? It was for one, it was for to allow the soil itself to regenerate the minerals it needed. And so the the land was to have a fallow year and then they could plant in it in the next year. But the other thing that that Sabbath year did is it it was sort of a posture of the people with the Lord, trusting the Lord to provide for the people during that Sabbath year. And so there was a couple of things there. But what the people were doing is that they weren't they weren't acknowledging the Sabbath day. They were not keeping the Sabbath year. And so, what the math works out to, and I'm not good at all the, the number stuff, so I had to look all this, these things up, but how that works out for the years that they did not take the Sabbath year, it equals 70 years. So what the Lord was doing there was he was determining the length of their exile based on how long he was going to give the land to be in its state of Sabbath, really. So I, I guess I just find that interesting because, yes, the Lord is saying this is something that's good for you. He was acknowledging that it was something that was good for the earth. But at the same time, he's putting like a little bit of some gravitas to this. Like, guys, I'm not just making this number up. I really want this to be done. And he meant it so much that it was it was the amount of time that was predetermined that that was how long that their exile would be. And I just I find that interesting. And I think it, it lends to a little bit more of the, the seriousness that I think that we should look at Sabbath and maybe ask ourselves, man, I'm not sure if I if I take it quite quite that seriously. And maybe maybe we should. So why do we need this? Well, we, we've already established that, you know, God instituted this first in creation, and then he reinforced it in the Ten Commandments. But even outside the biblical mandate we have, there's just scientific research and data that supports this idea that we, we kind of need a break. You know, physically, we need rest. When we get the rest, when we get the sleep we need, our bodies just do better. We're just healthier. Our immune systems, I mean, they've done studies on your cortisol levels and even things that like your short-term memory have been observed to be better when we get rest, when we take a break from what we're doing. And you know, that a lot of things play into that. Sometimes we're talking about just the actually getting sleep at night. That is important. But it also this this cycle that we need to have in order to take a day and take a break. Another thing that I think is really hard as why we need this so badly is, guys, have we ever been in a more just information saturated environment? I mean, we are just in 
information overload, social media, news, I mean, all of it, all the time. And I, I, when I was thinking about this, I mean, let me take you back in time just for a second. I mean, I barely remember this. I, I think I think of it more observing my parents doing this. But do you remember there used to be a time when we get these things called newspapers and it was, you know, it was an actual paper that you got black on your hands from the ink. Like it, it was a real thing. And I know I, I'm being slightly, you know, sarcastic here, but we used to get newspapers and you got them in the morning. And then, you know, you might have read it once that day. Maybe you didn't even read it all. You know, maybe you just skimmed the front page and then you went to your coupon section or you went to the comic section and you were done. But you got it once a day and you probably looked at it. You know, my dad, I remember reading, he read the newspaper, I, I thought, cover to cover. He just he just really liked the newspaper, I guess. But that was where we got our information. And it happened one time in the day. And then maybe, maybe you maybe turned on the evening news for, you know, 15 minutes after dinner or something or before you went to bed until you kind of watched it. And, you know, there was nothing but bad news. And so you just turned it off. And that was it. And when I think about that and contrast that to where we are today, are you kidding me? I mean, guys, we have email alerts and social media news with alerts. And probably many of you even have a watch that vibrates to tell you that something newsworthy has happened. And usually that news is not good news. Even the notification factor, just the beeping, like our, our days, I feel like my brain is constantly getting interrupted with some kind of an alert, some kind of notification that is telling me, think of something else. Something else is out there happening. Do you know? And you have to stop and go, man, were we even made for this level of information? I was talking to a friend one time. There's so many things that I love about maybe following somebody's blog or following, you know, maybe it's their story as they've gone through cancer or just some of the hardships. And you like to read those things. You like to be able to pray along with people. But if you think about it, too, like even contrast that back to 100 years, you just weren't aware of all of the heartache going on. You know, you might have been back then, you might have been aware of somebody that lived five miles down the road and, and you know, you had heard that their child was sick or something like that. But that might have been it. You certainly were not aware of someone in Kenya and their story that you may be following online or somebody else's heartbreak and some of the stories that they're going through with infertility or maybe something where somebody you're following somebody's story on foster adoption and and all those things all of those that I I have been so encouraged and I do love and I and I always think it's cool especially in the ones that they're believers just to see how the Lord always works in those I do love that so I'm not saying that those things are bad but could we agree it's a lot good or bad it's just a lot. And I felt, especially in these last couple months, as we have observed heartbreaking stories, and then you'd see a really sweet, sweet story online of maybe somebody, you know, praying for some police officers or a sweet little eight-year-old coming up to some police officers and wanting to pray for them or, you know, just different stories, good stories, but still a lot. And it just kind of makes me pause and go, man, were we made to take in this level of information. And at the very least, you know, if it's not that we're going to pull back on the amount of consumption of this kind of stuff that we're going to take in, I think you definitely got to take a look and go, whoa, when do I need to put the brakes on 
and, and, and take a little step back and take a break. You know, there's a lot of data now, and and it's still kind of early because really our our time with smartphones is really in its infancy. So I don't, we don't have a ton of historical data, but more and more studies are being done on you know our smartphone usage and over usage, and there there are studies that show strong links between you know heavy social media use and then and the increase for depression and anxiety and loneliness, self harm even suicidal thoughts, like they've linked things, really serious stuff to being on social media constantly. There was a 2018 study that I found that said that even reducing your social media to 30 minutes a day resulted in significant reductions in levels of anxiety, depression, loneliness, and sleep problems. And that's pretty extreme. I I honestly, if I'm being real, to limit social media and all of those things down to 30 minutes, it would be a challenge for me. But isn't that interesting? The link that's there to being healthier, <laughs> mentally healthier, by taking a break on those things. And that's like a daily type of break. But again, I think we have to be honest with ourselves and, and really look at the mass amount of information that we're consuming right now and really take a hard look at that and go, wow, is, is this maybe too much? And why do we do this? You know, what is the draw to constantly be seeing what's on the news or seeing what's in your social media or all those things? And I was reading a Time article on this, and it said that the human brain is attracted to troubling information because it's programmed to detect threats and not to overlook them. I thought that's kind of interesting because what it's basically keying in on is sort of like our survival instincts of, you know, needing to know what the threats are so we can protect ourselves. So I guess that's what it's saying the instinct is. Most of us are pretty, I mean, in most cases, any alert that's going to pop up on your iPhone or your watch is is going to probably be some terrible news story, but it's not something that's going to cause you immediate danger where you're at right now. But yet, kind of that instinct is what draws you in to, you got to check, you got to know what's going on. And so there's just this, these, these constant notifications of making sure we're always aware of all the bad. And really, it is mostly bad, right? I mean, it's pretty rare that you're going to pause and, you know, you're definitely not going to get an alert on your watch about the cute puppy story from down the street. You know, that's just not going to happen. Constant information, constant notifications. So, I mean, just listening to me say all of that, doesn't that just right there make you tired? <laughs> but Sabbath is a way that God provides for us. I just think this couldn't be more relevant to the day that we're living in right now and the need for this. And I love that it's something that God knew we were going to need all the way back from creation. So how are we going to do this? I mean, you can sit here and go, okay, yep, I get it. There's a need here. First of all, even if I wasn't being inundated with all of the bad news, maybe you're somebody that doesn't pay attention to social media or doesn't pay attention to the news and you don't feel overwhelmed by information. Sadly, that's probably a very small percentage of us out there. But even if you aren't in, in that space, there's still things that I think we can all recognize that we need to take a break from. And we know that because it's all the way, in, it's all the way back at the earliest parts of Scripture telling us that we are to work for six days and then we need to take a break. So how do we do that? And I want to look at ways that we see Sabbath in the New Testament because we know that that we're supposed to do this, that this is, that this is for us. But 
what man loves to do about with things like this is get a little legalistic about it, right? I'm, I can just kind of picture a bunch of type A sinners like me probably getting real geeked out over all of their rules and lists and starting to make rules about the Sabbath, which we know that they did this. And we're going to talk about an example in, in the New Testament where we see that, where they quickly took the get to of the Sabbath and they changed it to a got to, just the wrong posture. This was supposed to be a blessing. So I want to see, like, what did Jesus do with the Sabbath? The religious leaders were crazy critical of him for doing this. But I love reading the stories where Jesus performed miracles on the Sabbath. That There's more than one of those in the New Testament. But the one that I just thought was so sweet is in Luke 13, verse 10 through 17. And I want to read this story because I just think it's, it just tells us some really cool things about Jesus and his care. And in Luke 13, 10, it says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. You can almost feel like the self-righteousness coming through here, right? There are six days, he said, in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And then the Lord answered him, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. As he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by him. I like that particular example because I always love, again, like I was just saying, even within creation, that we get just the snapshot of the care that God shows for us. Sometimes, you know, you hear people that just think God is just this mean, all-powerful, just, you know, he's not interested or caring in our lives. He's just playing with us like we're some pawns or something. But you see these little things like back in creation saying, hey, I think you guys should take a rest. And then you see this story of Jesus in the New Testament healing this woman on the Sabbath. And he's kind about it. He's kind. And I love that what he's pointing out with the Sabbath is doing good on it. I mean, that's just, that's an easy one. But also in verse 13, there's a thing that at, when she was healed, she said she, it gave glory to God. Shouldn't there be an element of the Sabbath that is glorifying to God? And then also it talks about in the last part that we just read, that there was rejoicing of the people. So, you know, what what did a miracle do? It, it brought healing. It brought restoration to someone but it glorified the Lord. And what did he tell us to do about the Sabbath? He said to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And holy is, you know, we we think set apart with that for sure. So Jesus, of course, he was not violating the real intent of the Sabbath. And look at the good things that happened there. It was a day that brought healing, that brought restoration, that brought glory to the Lord. 
But then I, Jesus also brings up a really important point about what the Sabbath was created for, and that's in Mark 2.27, and he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that's where, you know, the Jewish leaders had gotten it all wrong. They were doing all of these rules and making all these things that the Lord never intended Sabbath to be, making it the things that it was the got to and not the get to. So I, I want to let's get a little practical here. And how do we actually do this? You know, what should Sabbath look like for us today? And first thing I'd say on this is I do not think this is a one size fits all answer. You know, that's what the Jewish leaders wanted, right? They, they wanted a list of rules that said, this is what it is, this is what it's not, and you better make sure that you obey it to the letter. But what did Jesus tell them? He told them that Sabbath was made for man and not the other way around. So I think this is an issue that it, there's kind of a lot of personal conscience and prayer about what Sabbath should look like for you. We see in Scripture a couple things that we know it should be. We see that it says that it should be a day. Does that mean it has to be a certain day? Now, see, people get all crazy about that, too. There's, there's some denominations that say, hey, Sabbath has to be on Saturday. And I'm not going to go into that, that debate very much. I, there's a lot of good study on that, on why we as Christians typically observe that on a Sunday, Resurrection Day. I think there's a lot of good evidence for why it should be Sunday. But at the same time, we can't be legalistic about those things. You may take a Monday. That's okay. I don't think it's saying that you have to make sure it's a particular day. I think that would be the legalism that in us that wants to say it's got to be on this day. But I do think you should pray about it and say, what, what should it look like for me? What should that day be? And make your plan around that. The other thing that I think is important to kind of do some self-reflection on is, is what does work look like for you? Like what is, what are the other six days look like? Because it, it's, it's noting that that seventh day should look different. But I have to tell you, I have struggled in different seasons of my life to figure out how does this look? Like when my kids are really, really little, you moms know you don't stop working on the seventh day and say, you know, guys, you're just not going to eat today. You can't do that. But this is just a practical example of a way that I had this work for me in, in certain seasons of my life. For me, the work sometimes of cooking and all of those things is not the cooking part. That's actually not the work part. And I know as a mom and wife, it's important for me to take care of my family. Absolutely. So it's not like I'm just going to say I'm not going to do those things. But you know what the work is for me is figuring out what we're going to eat. Does anybody else struggle with this but me? Where it, it honestly, if you, if you just gave me the shopping list and you gave me the recipe, whatever, great, fantastic. Please just don't make me come up with what we're eating. So when I kind of identified that work piece for me, when I identified that, man, what was really stressful to me was not restful and was a struggle for me on the day that our family was going to use as a Sabbath, was that part of it? Well, it just took a little bit of planning. And this has shifted on the different days when, it, when it's worked out. But now when it's going to be more of our Sabbath day, that means the day before or a couple days before, I'm figuring out what we're eating on that day. And it makes it so much more restful for me. I don't know if I'm alone in that. I bet I'm not. 
I bet I'm not. But just having a little bit of planning. Uh, there was times when my kids were young, maybe I made that, that was a crockpot day. And that was a day that I was going to already know what we had. And you were just going to put things together real quickly and easily. But taking out some of the pieces that for me was a little bit more of the work part. For you, that might not be the case. For you, that might not be the issue. But kind of looking through what is your day one through six? What is your work look like? And how can you do some things where that day seven does look different than the other days and, and making it a restful part? But we know that it, it's telling us that we do need to make it look different. It should, like it says, it should, it's holy. It's set apart, which that part, you know, I think we need to take into account that there needs to be some spiritual rest to it. Something you need to evaluate, you know, what's going to recharge you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. That's a key part. I do love, you know, the stories of whether it's like in the early days of our country or even back in the first century church when kind of church was a full day affair. I think that's really hard for us to even get our head around these days because schedules are so busy and, you know, also people live more spread apart too. You know, you, I don't know, it would just be, it would seemingly be very difficult to go everywhere to make it a, a full day thing. But I do love that model a little bit. So for me, in this season of life that I'm in, I'll just share my example. I love, we do church on Saturday nights, which I love that option. Even when we, before we were in quarantine life, love my Saturday night service. And then it makes it so then Sunday, which is for my family, that's the day that we get to have kind of a day of rest. I get to get up. And I have a long quiet time in the morning on Sundays. And for me, oh my goodness, I cannot tell you how much I love that. Because a lot of times, if you remember in the pre-COVID days when we actually used to have to get into our cars and race off to church and all of those things, which I'm not saying I'm not excited to get back into church. I absolutely am. But I will say that something that I have enjoyed is not having to do the rushing and the scurrying and making sure you're you're not late and all that kind of stuff. This is that part I do appreciate. But I always loved that about Saturday nights because I could go, we could go to church on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning was truly a Sabbath day for us. There was no running around. You know, I got extra time in the word in the morning. But it's just asking yourself, really having an honest look at what would this look like so that I can get recharged. And physically, we know we need this, right? We know we need it physically. We need good rest. We need all those things. But making sure that day can be restful. Figuring out, evaluating for yourself, like, hey, what what is it that is work for me? And how do I make this day that we are dedicating to, if it's your whole family or if it's just you personally, but that you're dedicating to be a day of rest and really be intentional about it? I think that's part of it, too, is just having some intention with it. And I think the Lord will honor that in all kinds of ways. Like we said, there's physical benefits, there's emotional benefits, but spiritually too, you need to be fed. And I think that is traditionally why it's so great. That's the day we typically do go to church because you want to have a, a component of that that is set apart that you to the things that spiritually recharge you and, and feed you. The other thing that for me, Sabbath has been for sure like I was talking about earlier with all the crazy, just massive inundation of all the information and all that stuff is I'm shutting my phone off. <laughs> so my phone, it works like I can still get calls and I believe texts come through, but 
I actually, because I was just not being good about this, I was checking my phone way too much and checking email and doing things that I don't need to do on that day. But it's just so easy to do because it's right there. So just a real practical tip if you've never tried this, you can turn those things off on your phone. So I actually, just like I do for my kids where I set them screen time restrictions and downtime and all that kind of stuff, I do that with my with my kids. I did that for me. And so I have it set so that after I think I have it set right now so that Saturday evening it turns off and it doesn't come back on until 7 a.m. on Monday, <laughs> which sounds crazy. But it, and there is still a little self-discipline with that, I will tell you, because your phone, you can set it like that and then you could open that app you said you weren't going to be in and it'll say, do you want to ignore your screen time? limit or do you want to ex- you know extend it for one minute or 15 minutes so I'm not going to say it's without self-discipline you do have to still but it's helped me to remind myself of hey I said I wasn't going to actually check all this stuff because I really think our brains need a break man I know my brain needs a break so I just I wanted to just put this out there like I said half the time I feel like when the Lord puts stuff on like this on my heart to share on the podcast sometimes I'm going man Lord was this for me or was this for somebody else that needed to hear it probably it's both I think it's a good reminder for us to just kind of have that posture with the idea of Sabbath of guys this is a get to this is a blessing from the Lord it is a kindness that he's showing us it is also him saying hey I I know how you're wired I know you need this. And we trust the Lord, right? We we trust that he knows what is best for us. So if we have something that he's kind of that he has laid out in his scripture of, "Hey, do this." I think we should take him seriously on that, not in a legalistic, crazy way, but I think we should pray about that and say, "Lord, what does my work look like? How can I make a day look different? How can I set aside time for rest. Make it different. It's got to look different than your other days. There's, if you can't tell the difference between your seven and your one through six, then we're missing something. But to be intentional about that. And I, I think that there will be huge rewards and blessings for us. I think for me, as I've experienced these last couple of months of just being kind of heavy, I think it was almost like I had reached critical mass, I think, you know, just too much. And then it kind of made me go, even though I had been taking a day of Sabbath, I was getting a little fudgy about it. I was checking some email. I was doing this. I was letting myself still watch the news. And for me, I can't do that, guys. That's not that's not following Sabbath for me. And so I need to turn that stuff off so that I can get recharged and be ready to really effectively work in the days one through six. So I hope we can kind of tuck that away, that picture that, hey, this is a get to This is not a got to. We don't have to be weird. We don't have to put a a bunch of rules on this. But would you pray about that? Would you pray about how you might need some rest? And maybe it is something super practical, like, you know, turning off the notifications on your phone or turning off your phone altogether, whatever that looks like. Or maybe it's like a certain site or a certain news thing that you just need to turn off, whatever it is. But pray about it. And then be obedient to it, because that's the thing. Sometimes we can hear stuff like this and go, oh, yeah, Sabbath sounds like a great idea. I should really do that. But like I said, it is our knee jerk, just 
that it's our knee-jerk instinct to first just put that down on the bottom, bottom of the list. Like, oh, yeah. But do I really have time for Sabbath? That's usually what we do. We usually just go, oh, yeah, I don't really have time for that. I would submit that we probably can't afford to take that posture, particularly in this climate of so much heaviness and so many things that are weighing on us. You need that day. You need it physically to rest up. You need that day emotionally and spiritually to just recharge in whatever that looks like. So pray about that, but take it seriously and take the Lord at what he's saying here. He gets us. He knows us. He knows what we need. So I hope that's encouraging to you guys. And I'm excited to maybe hear some stories about how you have implemented Sabbath. Maybe this is a new concept for you and you've not done it before. If you try something new or if there is something that has worked really well for you, maybe if you're a mom and you're like, man, I have struggled with trying to figure out how do I make this day Sabbath when I've got all these things to do, do you? I'd love to hear about that. So don't forget, we have an email, the devoted podcast at atheecreek.com. But you can always send me a note. You could always find us on Instagram, on Athe Creek Women on Instagram, or also on our Facebook page. But comment and tell me how you're doing on this. I would love to hear it. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.